What an awesome task to study and interpret the sacred word of God, and even more to share when two or three, or a few more than that, are gathered together in this, my church. Thank you to Reverend Wiggs for the invitation and for a church that values music and the arts. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you. Would you please stand for the reading of sacred texts from the book of Acts, chapter 7, verses 55 through 60, on page 126 of the Pew Bible. Hear now these words. But filled with the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Humanity standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout rushed together against him they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him and the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named saul while they were stoning stephen he prayed lord jesus receive my spirit then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. This is the word of God for the people of God, the word of life. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray. God, whose love surpasses all understanding, yet believes in us as capable of sharing in love. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable to you, God, who sustains us in perpetual creativity. Amen. Questioning a perfect legacy in five movements. Movement one, stay here and look. There is so much love in this place, I heard Jose Luis Hernandez say this Friday at the wonderful Sistema concert. So much love in this place. Look. We are called to be for each other and the world living stones of love. Yet we stones can also break hearts and harm one another. One of my favorite poets, David White, writes, the face in the stone is a mirror looking into you. You've never looked into the immovability of stone like this, the way it holds you, gives you not a way forward, but a doorway in wants you to stay here and look. Stay here 
and look. When something doesn't quite seem to make sense, like looking at the stoning of Stephen on Mother's Peace Day, a complicated story on a complicated day, poetry, scripture, our own experiences call us to pause, linger here a while, and open our eyes. What came to mind for me was a story from 2012, from one of my teaching at Phillips experiences. I distinctly remember thinking, I too could throw a stone. I was in the desert with students. The wonderful chair of the board of Phillips Theological Seminary came with us that time and fearless leaders from the Borderlinks organization. I was charged with leading the seminary's theology of borders immersion experience, where for 20 years, Phillips students and faculty have walked the southern Arizona, northern Mexico borderlands. And we ask as many people as we can from as many perspectives as we can, what their life is like. We challenge ourselves not to cover our ears or close our eyes, which can be difficult. My October 2012 class was just one week after 16-year-old Jose Antonio Elena Rodriguez was killed on the stone sidewalk in front of a pharmacy in Nogales, Sonora, Mexico. His mother and grandmother, already then and to this day, bear witness to the grief, ask, what happened here? Who did this? My class and I stood on the sidewalk and bared witness, and I thought of his mother this Mother's Peace Day. If you stand in this spot on the sidewalk, which is next to an elementary school playground, and look across the two-lane street and up a steep cliff, you can see the four-foot-tall stone obelisk that marked the 1850s U.S.-Mexico boundary line. There's art on the cliff, haunting and beautiful. And at the top of the cliff, brown steel bars of the current border wall rise up 18 feet. And higher than that, you can see the virtual wall where surveillance technology is mounted on a watchtower. We take our students here for this reason, to be able to see and touch the border that many of us have only heard about before that time. There's less information about Jose Antonio's death than we have about Stephen Stoning. There's not been an official account. There's no surveillance released. It goes something like this, people think. A stone is considered a lethal weapon. We see that in our text today. Sometimes school kids throw stones at the cliff. Jose Antonio was standing there and somehow, for some reason, gunfire through the wall from the U.S. side killed him. 
bullets lodged into his body and into the pharmacy wall. One of my students placed his hand in one of the bullet holes on the wall and said, I am putting my hand in the wound of Jesus. Movement two, strange pairings are opportunities for wonder. Our text today invites us to stop and think about stones. I read from Acts 7, not by choice, this Mother's Peace Day, but because of the lectionary, the three-year schedule of Bible readings, and we're working our way through Acts the past few weeks. Today's pairing of the stoning of Stephen and Mother's Peace Day makes it harder to avoid the realities of women and children's lives, a deep concern that Stephen himself was elected to address in his time, and a motivating concern that led to the founding of Mother's Peace Day in the 1800s by a United Methodist woman. At this point in the Christian year, after a few weeks together as new Easter people, we're trying to figure out what it means to be resurrection people. Bible stories I have heard my whole life, rituals like Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed, the Hallelujah Chorus, sunrise services, are not yet here in the text. Instead, we see grieving disciples, steadfast but also wondering what to do with hopes and vocations now. Liturgically, the first week of Easter saw women who themselves saw a stone rolled away, ran to spread the news, risked believing that this Jesus we all saw die on Friday has risen from the dead. The women say, look. And then in week two, Thomas faced resurrection rumors with questions that resounded to his fingertips. Jesus appeared and said, look week three called for some decision making about bearing witness to this resurrection event to tell the truth about what we believe is going on in a threatening climate of measured trust and then week four i think of as casserole week a time after the initial shock, but before everyone goes back home, where we teach and learn the old stories and some new revelations, fellowship, meal sharing, and prayer, the very best of Easter people being church. Some lift heavy swollen eyelids, and you see the sparkle in their eye just a bit. Hands come down from our ears and extend an embrace to our neighbor. It's beautiful. And now it's week five. We've finished the leftovers. We're back to figuring out what to cook for dinner now. The late poet Maxine Cuman puts it this way in her poem, After Love. Afterwards, the compromise. 
Bodies resume their boundaries. These legs are mine. Your arms take you back in, unquote. The meal sharing a little less frequent. We return the stones that had slipped out of place in the old walls separating us. Movement three, remembering Stephen. Who was Stephen? The author of Luke Acts is known for working out boundaries of power in this newly forming Christian community. And we can mistake the end of Acts 7, the little bit we read, for a good versus evil story with clear lines. The crowd looks bad, thirsts for death, foregoes a trial, what many commentaries call a lynching in the outskirts of town. Stephen looks good. He's called the prototypical martyr, the perfect martyr, the first Christian martyr, for three reasons, really. Not only that it happened, but one, he recognized the opening of heavens and told everyone to stop and look. He said, I see the heavens opened. Look. Two, he yields to death. He says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And three, he offers a forgiveness prayer, which sounds familiar in our ears. Friday wasn't that long ago. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. In her book, Perfect Martyr, church historian Shelley Matthews argues that Luke, act, Luke Acts placed the stoning of Stephen here in Acts, as a way to coalesce Christian identity, perfect Christian identity, as over and against Jewish identity. The early Easter people were wondering what to do next and realized that some responsibilities they held in trust, like food security and health care, were falling through the cracks, and the community came together to elect seven bold leaders who were faithful and could lead the community. They chose Stephen as one of these seven. That angry crowd who stoned Stephen just a few verses later was made of regular people, upstanding community members, even people in the text who encouraged Stephen to voice. So why the violence so quickly? The text says that false testimony was raised about Stephen, and Stephen accused his listeners of being stubborn and not practicing their responsibilities, ones they were enforcing others to practice. This shouldn't be surprising because Stephen was elected when a community saw gaps between their beliefs and practices. And Stephen pointed out gaps between beliefs and practices. There's no task forcing out of the human heart, and at some point, what we have done and what can we do now are prayers of love that you and I must ask. Calling us to this task is the task of a prophet. We know, maybe in our own lives and certainly in the Bible, that we like the old prophets, we want a new prophet, 
But prophets close to home can find unwelcome hearts. We get defensive to our bones. Either Stephen also went a step further than prophecy, or the author of Luke Acts wants us to think so, because his testimony also includes anti-Jewish rhetoric. And this church, Boston Avenue, knows that one can be distinctly Christian without being anti-Jewish. without turning neighbors into enemies, without focusing on clear lines between insiders and outsiders. But we stones are good at building walls, at watching walls. Did you notice Saul? We met Saul for the first time in the Bible in this text. Someone who was an approving bystander at best, and many commentaries think, was a director standing to the side. Movement four, Mother's Peace Day. Stephen reminds us that grief and joy reside side by side in human hearts and communities. And this story reminds us what happens when within those communities and within our hearts, we define who we are in opposition to other people. When I could rejoice in your grief, or you could grieve in my rejoicing. Strangely and wondrously, looking at this text on Mother's Peace Day makes a little more sense the more I studied and thought about it. Mother's Peace Day includes some walls, some stones, Here's a few I've noticed. People who love Mother's Day and people who dread Mother's Day. Mothers who are stay at home, working, nursing versus bottle feeding. There's the very different experiences of white mothers and black mothers that shouldn't be. There's the theology professor mother and people who think that this profession doesn't fit well with mothering. There's mothers who are married, single, divorced, widowed, the mother who can't be married in a church. There are those in this room and around who are watching with us who grieve a mother or mothers who grieve children. There are many struggling with infertility or a life different from childhood dreams. I too have had miscarriage, and we don't talk about that much on Mother's Peace Day. There's the two young mother, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, the two old mother, like Elizabeth, who laughed at the thought of motherhood. These walls have a long legacy, don't they? But there's good news created in the image of God, in the very likeness of God, and called good, we know that the worth of a person does not depend on gender or motherhood or not motherhood. Every life is sacred. Every unique experience is part of Imago Dei, we humans created in the image of God.
1870 Mother's Peace Day proclamation, which was said to unite all women and men and children to love in light of the Civil War, which had divided so many, goes like this. Arise, says Juliet Howe, all women who have hearts, whether your baptism be that of water or of tears. When people are falling through the cracks, we can support each other in love. Movement five, loving an imperfectly perfect legacy. New Testament scholar Matt Skinner writes that this passage from Acts 7 calls all of us to notice the stones littering the ground around us, which either implicate us or cause us to cry out for deliverance from cycles of violence. We are living stones for each other, surrounded by living stones capable of so much love and so much harm. Our legacies unfold as human beings created in the image and likeness of God, yet constrained by the limits of our creative and destructive bodies, experiences, borders, and existing in this time and place. On this day, let us forego the deep temptation of securing a perfect this-not-that legacy and instead seek one another's company in a lifelong transformation into love. Thankfully, we humans change. Every breath we change and we profess a belief in an unchangeable God with unexhaustible resources of love. Recently, another group of students and I walked a stone path in the bright Sonoran desert sun for only an hour. It was a tough walk, so we had had to leave some of our classmates in the van because of the intensity. One student stopped and made an impassioned plea, tears rolling down their face. If this were real and I were walking for my life and not a class assignment, the person I would have just left behind to continue this walk would have been my mother and she would never make it out here alone. Holy silence in the group, as in this place, while the unimaginable was considered. This was a class exercise, and yet were we not learning about walking together for our lives? I wish it were clearer. The good news is that it isn't. We don't have it all figured out. We need each other. We must have faith in God. We stones are fraught with ambiguity as the cornerstone can be a wall and the throne stone can teach a new generation to skip stones across the river. 
Jesus says that if we, or if the disciples who would become Easter people remain silent, the stones themselves will cry out. Let us be a people who cries out love. Amen.